When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon, the world's oldest bodybuilder, recently turned 91, Tony. That inspire you to lift? Tony Kornheiser, come on, Mike. I've never had to. This is natural. Oh, just Look rolled out of bed. Okay. All right. I hear you. I, don't I see you. All right. To go out and lift weights. No, you What's never went past those use? two pounders, those two pound weights I'm you had going. Swole. Is that the word? Swole. <laughs> Something like that. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. Today's episode, the Rangers keep rolling. The Cowboys top the charges. And Jeff Saturday joins us for five good minutes. But we begin today with the Philadelphia Phillies beating Arizona last night, hitting three bombs off Zach Gallen in the first three innings on their way to a 5-0 lead. The game ended 5-3. And afterwards, Gallen said, quote, sounds like you're counting this out after one. We're going to show up for game two, unquote. Will Bond, are you confident the Diamondbacks will show up? Yeah, show up. I mean, that, that doesn't guarantee anything. I didn't guarantee Jack. Yes, I think the Diamondbacks showed up last night. I think that they chipped away at that. The two-run homer, the sack fly, they had men on base. They could not get the big hit. They're one hit away, one strategic hit away from tying that game up and maybe making the Phillies a little nervous about game one. But the Diamondbacks, Tony, had had, that's the first game they've lost in these playoffs. I'm not saying they have as much swag as Philly because nobody has the swag that the Phillies seem to have right now, led by your boy or your former boy, Bryce Harper. But, yeah, yeah, I think Arizona did enough in that game to say, wait a minute, we didn't lose contact with them. We're going to be all right for game two tonight. Yeah, I, I think it's a hard ask. I really do. I mean, Zach Wheeler last night, Aaron Nola tonight. I mean, when Schwarber, I cannot overemphasize this enough. When Schwarber looks at the first pitch and hits it out of the ballpark, I have to think that is a devastating effect because two batters later, Harper looked at the first pitch and hit it out of the ballpark. Harper's OPS, we talked about this yesterday, his postseason OPS is now (laughs) 1.044. They're the only two. They're the only two ahead of them now, Ruth and Gehrig. And and they've hit, the Phillies have hit, if I have this correct, in the last two playoff years, they've out-homered their opponents 32-9. At home, where the game is tonight, they're 5-0 this year. They were 5-0 against National League teams last year for 10-0 at home. Mike, their percentage at Citizens Bank, their winning percentage in the playoffs is 7-11. It's the highest ever. So I'm not, I'm not saying Arizona can't win. Yeah. I am saying that Philadelphia presents itself one through eight as guys who can take it Tony, out. Tony, there's every reason for Philadelphia to think they can get up on Arizona and roll them tonight, even with three coming yep. up in Arizona. I'll make you a gentleman's bet, Mr. I-95. I'll take yep. Arizona tonight to win in Philadelphia and even the series. We went off. We are on for a box of golf balls. What are we betting? Yeah, I'll go, I'll go the other way. I'll take Philadelphia. I know you will. I'll take Philadelphia. I know you that take crowd lifts them up beyond any crowd in the league. They do. They, they do. I up. give you all that, and Arizona's going to win tonight. And okay. now to the ALCS, where the Rangers are red hot. 
Texas 7-0 in the playoffs after taking the first two in Houston. Nathan Avaldi has won three of those seven, including last night's 5-4 result. Tony, as the series now heads to Arlington, are you tempted to count out the defending champion Strohs? I am tempted to, yes, because of the way Texas has won the last two games. Because it's the same manner each time, and it is convincing. You build the lead early, and then you hang on. That's what Houston used to do. Build the lead early, and then go to the bullpen. I mean, I just... I. That, that game last night, Mike, I watched almost every pitch. That was a great, intense game. And Houston came back like champions do to 5-2, to 5-3, to 5-4. And then Jose Leclerc in, in the ninth inning, he gets the three outs, and two of them are long flies. I mean, your heart is in your mouth. I'm tempted to count out Houston, but here's why I'm not going to do it. Because they're do a better it. road team than they're a home we'll team. Do it. Yeah, they're much better. 53, they're 53-30 and 30 much better. on the road, including 6-1 yeah. In Arlington, averaging nine runs a game. So that's why I don't count them out. Yeah, Tony, I'm not going to come close to counting them out. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's a series. Teams rarely, no matter what the sport and formats have changed, the NBA has gone away from 2-3-2. I love 2-3-2. I like it in baseball. Glad they keep it in the World Series and in the Championship Series. Teams rarely win all those three games at home. So do I think that Houston can take two out of three? The problem for Houston is they could go back home down 3-2 and wouldn't feel all that great about winning the series anyway. The Cubs, by the way, went back 3-2 to Cleveland and won both in Cleveland to win a World Series. So we've seen that. Venue doesn't determine everything in a baseball series best of seven. So I think that Houston just has the calm, Tony. Like we talk about Philly and their swagger and just being boisterous, and this is how they roll. Yeah. Houston has a calm. Yeah. Somebody besides your Don Alvarez better start hitting, and you need him to get back to where he was in the previous series. But I, I think that's still a series, and I think we say, see a long series in Texas. We moved to the NFL in last night's game where Dallas went out on the road and beat the Chargers 20-17. to Dak Prescott outshone Justin Herbert in a battle of very rich quarterbacks. Prescott ran 18 yards for a touchdown, threw for another, and then the Dallas defense closed the game with a sack of Herbert and an interception of Herbert. Wilbon, are you more interested in what this does for the Cowboys or where this leaves the Chargers? I mean, the Chargers are left. It doesn't matter. I, you know, the Chargers and their head coach. I, I, I love Herbert. And then I, I, I'm just – there's too many – they got too much talent to be also-ran. And if you say that sentence about any team, that points the finger at the head coach. It just does. I'm not saying his fourth down stuff got him in trouble last night because it didn't really, but let's move to Micah Parsons. And I mean specifically Micah Parsons. Look, Dak was great. Anybody got criticism of Dak Prescott today, you got another agenda. You need to shut up and go away. Now, Micah Parsons, Tony, that was a page out of the book of Lawrence Taylor. He put the quarterback on his butt on one play. No, that wasn't an interception. That was a pass-rush forced play, which resulted in a dude grabbing the ball out of the air because Michael Parsons made that too. Oh, my God, that kid is great. And the Dallas Cowboys yeah. have something as long as you – when you have Dak play like he played last night and Michael Parsons as a closer, you can do some damage. Yeah, I mean, the, my problem with this whole notion uh, with the Cowboys is there's a ripple effect. Every time the Cowboys win in a featured game like Monday night or Sunday night or Thursday People night or Thanksgiving, 
People get there's a ripple away. effect that always ends with, well, what are their chances of yeah, making yeah, the Super people Bowl? People get carried away. And it leads, it leads one person on this show to say, and I quote, the Cowboys, they're overrated and overhyped. And that would be you. You say that all the time. So Constantly. I won't go down that road. Constantly. It, it's, you know, they're a, they're a playoff team. I don't think they're a championship team right now. Okay. I'm more interested in the Chargers, who for many years you say take a nap. They do. They can't close, Mike. No. The sum is not as good. The whole is not as good as the sum of the parts. Who do you blame? Who do you blame? Well, I mean, but Mike, it goes back years. It goes back coaches. It goes back it players. It Just one thing. They can't close. They've lost three games this year by three points or fewer than three points. Justin Herbert gets in the league in 2020. I know you love him. 38 one-score games. No. 18 wins, 20 losses. I'll take he, him. You know, I'll take he him. gets a lot of money. Uh, well, they're I'll not as competitive him, with Kansas City as they, you, as they should be. separate him from they're his not. coach. I don't want his coach. They don't close. I want him, and I want Micah Parsons. Let's take a break. Coming up, Robert Salas says Aaron Rodgers' superpower is his presence. We'll ask Jeff Saturday about that. We'll also ask him whether Anthony Richardson ah, has to change the way he plays to avoid these injuries, man. Kid could be out for the year. Mike, it appears to be in the Chargers' DNA. Yeah, it is. I go back years and yep. coaches and players. The nappers. And they do this all the time. The nappers. They're perpetually disappointed. Bobby Mike. Ross was the only one who got them past it. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two. Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to Pardon the Interruption, presented by Truly, part of Happy Hour. Let's get back into the NFL with our good friend ESPN NFL analyst Jeff Saturday. Jeff, let's start with this. I'm going to read it. Colts owner, who you know well, obviously, Jim Irsay, says that the quarterback, Anthony Richardson, is probably done for the season. Ugh. You were a leader on the offensive line. You have been a head coach. Will Richardson have to change the way he plays to limit these injuries, mm. even though presumably the Colts took him because of the way that he plays? Well, I would say it this way. Obviously, you're devastated for the kid for the injury and, and, and this season as a whole. You, you feel for him because uh, I, I really liked how he was progressing. I thought Steichen, Shane Steichen is doing a great job with him and developing him. 
But as far as changing the way he plays, I don't know that you change the way he plays. I think you change the moments that he does it. You know, I, I think Trevor Lawrence, after they played the Jaguars, and he went down right by the goal line and got hit pretty good. I remember Trevor Lawrence having this conversation with him afterwards, and, and somebody heard it and, and, and printed it. It talked about, hey, you got to protect yourself. Like learning how to take those shots, learning when they're necessary and when they aren't, kind of figuring that part out. I think that's the part of Richardson's game that will, will change. Again, this is a horrible injury. You don't wish this on anybody. You're, you're throwing shoulder of a rookie QB. Uh, I know the Colts are devastated. I am for him, and I'm pulling for this kid. So, um, but, but I think understanding in what moment and how to protect yourself will be kind of the calling card from this point forward. Jeff, there was an injury that I'm sure you identify with. The Niners left tackle Trent Williams, who's day-to-day, had a defender you know, blocked into his lower leg and sustains an injury that way. As a lineman who I'm sure has had that happen, how big a fear is that contact? And is there anything you can actually do about it? It, it, it is a real fear. I mean, I, I think as a player, you always realize when guys are getting whipped, you know, get that body whipped, they're trying to make a tackle and their body's slinging by or an old lineman's throwing a guy over and he trips come in the back of your legs, that's usually where you get your leg either broken, high ankle sprain, whatever it is, feet get, um, you, you know, get tangled up, so toe injuries. But I will tell you this, that the, kind of the, the, the saying in football for O-linemen is keep your feet moving, right? You never stop to the echo of the whistle. So the, the one way you can protect yourself from an offensive lineman is making sure your cleats aren't in the grass at that moment so that it does give way. There is something that happens, but keeping your feet alive and moving at all times is vital for offensive linemen. You're trained in it and when you start to feel that thing it's a surprise but your body you kind of get used to being able to kind of buckle and fall with it um unfortunately he's the best in the game going up against the best in the game in miles garrett it was a heck of a matchup but you hate to see him kind of get hobbled there early and i'm I'm wishing the best and get back quick well that was a good segue to miles garrett which i i want to ask you about next i mean can you explain how a player like garrett makes an entire defense tougher to handle i mean even for a team like the Niners, who we know oh. have a great offensive line, a great offense, but Miles Garrett can just disrupt the whole thing, can't he? He is a game wrecker. And when I, when I say it this way, there are, there are great pass rushers, right? Like I, I, and, you know, you've you got guys who you know if you get matched up one-on-one, it's going to be an all-day affair. There are few. When I say few, like a handful, maybe not even that many, that I would consider just a game wrecker. That is Miles Garrett. Like this guy is physically imposing. He's long. he got these long arms. So when you're going to, to lock in, even Trent Williams, he could separate himself, you, you know, use that arm to kind of post up, snap down. So his explosiveness is, 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 is second to none. So you're watching this guy play football. It is a very difficult thing. And what it allows to do is you have to be cognizant of, hey, if one guy can't block him, we're going to have to either chip him or slide to him. How can we help to make sure he doesn't wreck our game, which now puts you man-on-man or one-on-one blocks across the board, or you might have to put a running back or a tight end on another end. You put yourself in a bad position hoping that's the lesser of two evils. And that's just the reality of it. Listen, I'll give you a great story. When I was in Green Bay, my, my, my one year there, we're playing Julius Pepper in Chicago and the Green Bay offensive line had a Peppers call and that meant wherever Peppers were we're sliding that way like we'll let somebody else get but we ain't letting that guy get us so when I tell you it, it's not a common thing but when it's real it's very real and that's just a story to back that thing up. <laughs>
Good for you to mention Green Bay because it leads me into the last question. It's where Aaron Rodgers and you played together. Aaron Rodgers was with the Jets. He was throwing the other day. Head coach Robert Sala said Rodgers' presence, just his presence, is his superpower. You played a season with him. Does that track with you? Yeah, very calming, understands the game. I would tell you for Zach Wilson, I, I kept telling everybody, when, when Aaron gets back into the fray, like back in the building, but more importantly, like on the sidelines of games, right? When they put the headset on, you'll see starting quarterbacks do that in the preseason. They're helping call the plays, you know, for the backup quarterbacks and help design. But when they walk off the field, being able to talk to the receiver, hey, man, you need to get one more yard in that cut to break out, then, then the quarterback's going to hit you. Hey, Zach, on that third step, your eyes need to go here because this is the coverage they're going to give you against that look. All of those conversations are fantastic to have, and they really help players. You have to think most offensive coordinators are in a box up separated. Now, they can get on the headset and talk to the quarterback, but when you can get all the guys together like Aaron Cannon say and give them little piece of advice for each and every person, it just calms the whole group down. Oh, yeah, if I do that, I can give that little shoulder to separate if I'm the receiver now to get myself open. Oh, I can stutter my, my, you know, my hitch a little bit longer and then get into my route. All of those things, and the great ones do it. Peyton Manning did it. Tom Brady did it. They showed Drew Brees. They would show receivers, hey, this is how I want the route run. When he can talk to all of those guys and give them all advice, I'm just telling you, that calming influence definitely tracks with what Robert Sala is saying. It's great. This is it great. Is. Thank it you, is. Jeff. Jeff, Thank appreciate you. it, man. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. Let's take one last break. Still to come, Trevor May calls it a career but not before calling the A's owner a dork. Trash this dork. dude, man. And should the NHL really be looking to reduce the outbursts of head coaches? Pardon the interruption is presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. Please drink responsibly. Part of happy hour. Happy time, people. Happy 26th birthday yesterday, Naomi Osaka. It's been over a year since Osaka got on a tennis court in a tournament match. In that time, she had a daughter, her first child. Now she's hoping to return to tennis for the 2024 Australian Open in January. Osaka is a four-time major winner, two U.S. Opens, two Aussie Opens. She has left tennis intermittently, citing a general discomfort at being on the tennis circuit and the media obligations that come with it. At her best, Osaka may be the best female tennis player in the world, and she says she's missed playing. Osaka and Iga Sviantek have four majors. Wilbon, I know you love Osaka. Yes, I'm going to gush for a while now. Yes, I love Osaka. She's my favorite player maybe ever on the women's side, Tony. I mean, she just seems so generous of spirit, the talent, the intellect, the introspection. It's all there. She's a star. She was a star early. The game needs her. And I, there are those of us out there who watch tennis who are drawn to Naomi Osaka. And from what I hear, I'm no tennis insider, but you do hear things that she really wants back. She wants back now. And let me just say, I hope that is the case. Happy anniversary, Jeff Garcia. On this day, 19 years ago, while quarterbacking the Browns, Garcia took a snap inside his own one yard line, rolled to his right in the end zone and found Andre Davis in stride for a 99 yard touchdown, the longest possible pass from scrimmage. So Garcia became a member of the 99-yard pass club, a fraternity of only 13 in the NFL. Most recently, Eli Manning to Victor Cruz in 2011. 
Our friends Sonny Jurgensen to Jerry Allen and Ron Jaworski to Mike Quick are also in that club. By the way, we all think of Joe Montana and Steve Young when we think of 49ers quarterbacks. But Garcia has their single-season passing record of 4,278 yards. Tony, coaches didn't take Jeff Garcia seriously enough. They, coaches, did him a disservice. They looked at him. They didn't see what they liked. They didn't see this. They didn't see that. All-time season pass leader for the 49ers. How about that? Even they didn't take him that seriously for a while. Nobody else in the NFL did. Shame on them. Happy trails to baseball for Trevor May. The 34-year-old Oakland reliever announced his retirement after nine seasons in the majors. May had 21 saves this season and a 3-2-8 ERA for the worst team in baseball. May finished up going 1-0 with nine saves and a 0.00 of Blutarski ERA in his last 15 appearances, which makes you wonder why he's retiring. But May went out with a bang on his Twitch stream, whatever that is. May crushed A's owner John Fisher, who was looking to move the team to Vegas and whose parents founded the Gap, saying, and I quote, sell the team, dude. Let someone who actually takes pride in the things they own own something. They're actually people who give a bleep about the game. Let them do it. Take mommy and daddy's money somewhere else, dork, unquote. Wilmot, how's that for goodbye? That's, I mean, that's brutal. But if I ran the Chicago Cubs, I'd be dispatching somebody to find Mr. May and say, hey, we got a spot open for a reliable closer who can go 15 appearances and zeros across the board. Nothing. We got to play. You can call us dork or whatever you want. Just start closing like that in the friendly confines. That is just not a friendly goodbye. That is that's not a friendly goodbye. Let's go to the big finish. Preseason polls have Kansas number one for the men, LSU number one for the women. Does that make sense? I don't know about Kansas, but certainly LSU, who has Angel Reese back and some big time transfers out of the portal. Yes, it makes sense. For LSU, the athletic reports that the NHL has asked coaches to tone down their conniptions. You okay with that? You know, they're not baseball managers who come running out of the dugout and kick dirt. I mean, just settle down, Sparky. Stop screaming at everybody. <laughs> Aces point guard Chelsea Gray is now yeah. out for game four tomorrow yeah. night with a foot injury. Is that a big deal, a little deal, or no deal at all? It's a big deal when you combine it with the Aces center, Kia Stokes, also missing game four with a foot injury. Yeah, that's a big deal. Adrian Wojnarowski, Woj, reports there's a very real chance that Clay Thompson becomes a free agent after this season. Surprise? Yeah, I assumed he'd play his whole career in Golden State, like assume it for Curry and they, Draymond Green, yeah, they kept. They'll probably keep him as well. Last one, the Olympics have added flag football to the 2028 games in Los Angeles. Do you like that? I pretty much like everything Peyton Manning likes. But this, flag football, uh, uh, really? We need that at the Olympics? Do you think they're playing flag football in 75 countries out there? Do you really? I don't know. We're out of time. We'll try and do better the next time. And I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, Knuckleheads. You can get the PTI podcast on the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. I'd rather have that than another swimming event, though. This sports center.